You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. All right, we're back again, week number three. This is Jim McCann. You are listening to Primal Radio. You hear us every Saturday night, the UK, 9 p.m., and every Saturday night, 9 p.m. New York, Eastern Standard Time. I am here live, well, sort of live, recorded with the great, the one, the only, Tom McGrath and the Alana. What's up, guys? Hi, Jim. Hi, Alana. Hello, Jim. Just concerned <laughs> about the fate of the world. Yes. Oh, yes. So, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. Hey, how did you think last week's show went, brother? Well, it's got a lot of good feedback. It has. Um, it I've personally listened to it several times, and I don't like the sound of my own voice. So um, I, th- I think it's quite – I think it's going really well, actually. I mean, the martial arts guys love it. Sure, um, that's but what, what surprised me is a lot of the people that aren't into martial arts, like my old work buddies, yeah. have um, have all been saying they really like it too. So, um, yeah, it's gone down really well. Uh, Doc, Doc Watson was well-received. Yeah, um, oh, no doubt. Yeah. My, fr- my friend Matt Fletcher, who's um, in the Air Force over here, he said, the Doc knows his shit. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I've done an American accent there. but um, Yeah, that was a very yeah. good one. That was impressive. Uh, Megan. What, what, what were your thoughts on the good doctor, yeah, guys? I thought the doctor did great. You know, um, I thought he was extraordinarily knowledgeable. He came across well. So we'll definitely have him back on the show. And I figured people like me. He really knows his boxing. There's no doubt about it. He, you know, he's a, a real, as you said, a real super fan. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, you know, fans of people who are fans of boxing might know that Mike Tyson or Mayweather or something like that. And that's about as deep as their boxing knowledge goes, the top two guys. But he really, he's a real fan of the sport. So he knows, you know, who's who, what's coming up and the changes and the intricacies of the sport. So it does make it very interesting for the real boxing fan because it goes to a whole nother level. And I did have fun you know, kind of quizzing him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't prepared for that. Well, that why, why would I tell him that? You know, and he did good knowing that Pete McNeely and Mike Tyson were in the top ten, and that was that was funny. That was that was one of the best bits. When I listened back to that, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, really. it was great. <laughs> yeah. You're like, How the fuck did he pull that out of his head all the way in Tokyo? You know, so it was great. great. It was it was good, and you know, so anyway, I, I had a real good time with it. And uh, we'll have to have him on again. We, we have future events. As to whatever that schedule will be, we'll, you know, we'll figure that out. You know, this week we're going to kind of talk about uh, the a future guests coming up in the next couple of weeks or months or, or years, God willing, that we're on the air that long, and, and how we're going to do that. Um, I also, look, you sent me this week, you sent me a list of potential guests. I want to go through that list of potential guests and we can uh, nix him right on the air. Nope, he's no good. He sucks. We're not. <laughs> or <laughs> now we don't want that guy. He don't know shit. Uh, or um, and then I want to cover some other stuff, you know, in the fight world and some other stuff in the world that's going on over here that I wanted to kind of get your take on. Kind of stuff that's happening in the U.S. Uh, you know, today. Um, is there anything you wanted to touch on specifically? No, I'm going to. Follow the lead. The, I was going to say, wait for the geniuses to show me the way. Oh, but well, thought, okay, follow the lead could also be a nice um, way of putting it, I suppose. Right. It's, it's, it's the yeah. exact opposite, Alana. I think we all know. That's the exact opposite. Well, hey, you know, you never. Wait, so here's what we got. So we have this. We have, look, the idea of the show in the end is going to be based primarily on the martial arts and sports fighting and kind of whatever just kind of catches our interest throughout the week. 
Uh, but what we did last time on the show is we had a good run. And it was very, very well received. Was, we brought in different martial artists and professional fighters and entertainers. And it was just more the idea of the show is just kind of like you're having a pint and you're just BSing and talking about things and, and getting to the subjects and talking about things that maybe people wouldn't ordinarily hear these people speak about. So you want to go – now, was this list in any particular order, Tom? No, I mean, this this was like, uh, what's the word? Brainstorming, really. Brainstorming. Um, it, it's, it's a load of people that I, that I know or, you know, I'm reasonably familiar with. Mm-hmm. Who, a, lot, a lot of them are your buddies as well. And I, oh, yeah, I, I yeah. think you've got to start with the people you know well before going out to, you know, reaching out to people that, that yeah, right. you have, haven't got a relationship right. with. You it, know. Right. So, hey, let's right now, let's run down this list. OK, so your potential is Andrew Johnson. Am I saying Jansen? Jansen, yeah, Jano. So, so um, Jano is has become a good friend of mine. So, so you know, yeah. I do um, Rapid Arnis, which is a um, FMA Filipino system created in 1993 by um, Pat O'Malley, who's who's further down the list. Yeah, um, Andy heads up the uh, school in London, and I would describe him as one of the best young instructors in the UK. But by that, he's he's about 33 years old, and I think to have the level of experience um, that he's got at that age is, is very impressive. Uh-huh. Um, he, it, it, the thing that impresses me most is the way he structures his training and the fact that he sort of lives and breathes martial arts. So um, he, he, for a living, he um, has done a lot of bodyguard work. Yeah. Um, he, he runs a successful martial arts school, school. He's trying to franchise that and grow it. Um, and, uh, he, he breaks down things in, in, in really good way. So I did a kind of a senior session last week for me and a few of the other guys who are going for our, our black belts next year in the Philippines. You're going, um, whoa, you're going to the Philippines. You're actually going to fly the, to the Philippines. That's, that's yeah, that's the plan. So, so um, already getting off piste here, but, <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, re- it's relevant, right? So, so, um, I, I was learning my JKD and then you start meeting people. So, so, so effectively for those that don't know, JKD is Bruce Lee's martial art, Jeet Kune Do. It is. Um, and it's a kickboxing um, martial art aimed at the street. Um, I don't know about this. Really? Have you heard of this? I would, yeah. I would go around and meet people, um, instructors who had, who yeah. had a range of other skills, be that groundwork, you know, such as yourself yeah. and uh, weapon skills. And you just feel like, right, I want to add those things to my repertoire. So sure. um, I, I, I trained with this guy, Pat O'Malley, up, uh, up at a knife defense seminar in Leicester. And I was blown away by the level of skill. I mean, yeah. I think most people have like a radar for spotting talent. Yeah, now, uh, Pat, Pat O'Malley, uh, he's a 32-time British champion. He's a five-time European champion, three-time world champion. He founded Rapid Ar- Rudy Arnis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's, he's quite an accomplished Filipino martial artist. How did you run Massive. into? Pa- yeah, and you just someone just said, "Hey, go check this dude out." It, it, yeah, it was, it was at uh, Gotlin Wan School up in Leicester, and I wanted to learn some knife related stuff. It seemed cool to me, and and I was just what really impressed me was actually some of his empty hand stuff. So so what you'd refer to as tappy tappy, so very very yeah. ra- rapid fire, uh, distracting shots mixed with um, elbows, panatukan sort of. Um, uh, bolo punching, which is sort of your hammer fist stuff, um, and, and that 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 really stuck in my mind. So then, about two years later, he introduced this um, 
instructors course which is a five-year program and at the end of each each year you can teach that level so the first year we did white yellow and green belt and the idea is i could have left it then and i'd be able to teach up to green belt sure um and then the next year we did the blue etc cetera, etc cetera. so i'm now um roughly halfway through year four and they have they have a junior black and a senior black so a senior black would be your instructor um junior back black is your kind of practitioner level um and uh, i think it's the 25 year anniversary of uh, rapid Arnis being created so it's kind of a it's one to celebrate that we're going to go to the philippines but also cool. you know the idea the thought of doing your black belt on the beach in the philippines has a lot of kind of meaning to it i guess sure that's it you're that's- done that's it what a way to say we're gonna go there for about two weeks and he he, pat's trained with all the masters and he he gave a really interesting um uh, uh, overview of how he got to train with all these guys recently and we'll just be going around training with all of those guys uh, and showing what we've got and then hopefully having a lot of fun and doing some drinking and all that kind of thing um as part of the package it always kind of seems to be that way uh, and then, of course, we have Doc Watson, which we had on last week. We'll bring him. He'll be a regular spot because of the box, and we bring up fights and stuff. Uh, so people from – who's – is Bill McGrath your brother, or is that just another Mick over there? No, it's, it's a, uh, Bill McGrath. I, I've actually never met the guy. I uh, thought you would know him. Um, no. It's, in, in the FMA circles, he, he's pretty pretty big. Um, and oh, Bill Pat- McGrath. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, I do know yeah. I for some yeah yes I do know Bill yes, uh, for I apologize for some reason I thought this was like your half brother or some shit like that so I I was trying to figure I was putting it yes I know who Bill I'll tell you what you 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 tell you tell me a bit about Bill because you've probably met him in person no I've never met Bill we we have uh, communicated but I've never met Bill but he would be an interesting guy to speak to so without a doubt he would be of interest um, after that we have of course our boy Dennis Blue. Dennis, who's yep. a, a, a Wednesday night a JKD instructor, he's a, a, a formerly in the Army Special Forces, I believe. Wealth of knowledge. He's trained with Bob Bremer and Tim Tackett for a lot of years, and is right now, I guess, essentially sort of the our big brother in, in the Wednesday night Chikundo group, kind of bringing that to whatever the next level, I guess, kind of spreading that out. Um, did you want to yeah, add the anything? Head on show. What's no, it? No, the no, head honcho. Yeah, I'm, he's going to be right. Of course, yeah. then we have our buddy Dieter Casey. Out of uh, Belgium, who heads up Primal Europe in Nineveh, Belgium. Dieter and I became friends, I don't know, probably in around 2008, I think it was. Uh, it was around the first trip, my first trip to Belgium. He came to the seminar. We kept in contact. He is a super dedicated martial arts, uh, full of information, and tries a bunch of different things. And uh, and it comes over to the U.S. She's four times a year uh, trains with me and other guys throughout the u.s so super dated guy he'd be extraordinarily interesting interesting guy to speak with on these different topics i had so i spoke with dita earlier in the week and i actually thought he might have been able to kind of pop in on the show quickly today but i guess it didn't happen and now there's a guy eric scheffler would you want to do you want to say something about eric or well i think eric, eric's running for sheriff isn't he he's running for um, sheriff. yeah is Atlantic. it in Atlantic County or is yeah, it like the whole yeah. of New Jersey? No, it's Atlantic County. It's Atlantic County, New Jersey, where Atlantic City is. So he, he's running for that. And um, he, he was a, you know, a, a career police officer, retired 
from the, the Atlantic City Police Department. And again, a wealth of knowledge of martial arts, a lot of great stories, battle stories, real world application. Um, Harry Andrews. So um, Harry's just a boxing coach. Um, I think he used to be a bit of a football hooligan over here, if you know what that means. Um, he, he's, he, he was one of the people who used to work at the real fight club that me and Dr. Watson went to. Um, he, he's coached a, f- a few a few pros and he does it full time. And I think he okay. had some great stories. Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, our boy, Hawk, Hawk, Heim, which we'll get Hawk live in the studio. Maybe actually when Hawk comes out and does a seminar here, maybe if you're have a trip out here we can all do it in the studio together which would be cool as heck now yeah, Hawk, that'd be great. yeah hawk's great I, i've known hawk since i bet you 1992 he um uh a police military police c- cop in in in, uh, in in texas um tons of war stories tons of a very entertaining guy probably in my opinion the most thought out martial artist I've ever met. And what I mean by that is that he explores it from all different possibilities, really encompasses what Bruce Lee talked about. A lot of guys, uh, which we'll get to talk about doing things. And he express, like he studies how the brain works, how the body works. So there's a lot more to him than just, Hey, I'm going to throw this punch and we're just going to replicate whatever this match. So Hawk has been a real big influence on my, in my life. What people may or may not know is Hawk, kind of, for lack of a better word, discovered me, whatever that means, right? Meaning he was the first one who came to me and said, hey, Jim, do you think you could do it a DVD? Did I ever tell you this story, Tom? No, but these these are, I think a lot of the people over here would love to hear some stories oh, about you as well. So, that, so let's, let's hear <laughs> right. a bit about you. All right, you so too. here's what happened. So I've known Hawk for a lot of years. So we were, we, now, you know, I was doing a lot of ground footing and boxing and all the other stuff I did prior to training with Hawk. And I came to Hawk, uh, because we were training under another JKD guy at the time of a different lineage, and, and that's how we met and became kind of buddies. And um, so I would bring him out to my first gym, which was the Hibernia Fight Gym in Lamberville, New Jersey. The Hibernia Fight Gym was above a firehouse in Lamberville, New Jersey, called the Hibernia Firehouse. How original, right? So <laughs> hence the name Hibernia Fight Gym. Right people, story. people thought it was just an <laughs> Irish thing. Back in that time, I guess this little town, which is on the Delaware River across from Pennsylvania, nice little shops and quaint little kind of town, restaurants, bars, not a great place for a martial arts school because (laughs) to travel that distance to go out there to get punched in the face. Antique stores. Antique stores. Right. Antique stores. Head shops. You know what a head shop is? There aren't that many head shops there. Oh, Bongs, paraphernalia, things you can smoke. Bingo. (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, so medicinal, medicinal stuff, but no one was going there to get punched in the face. So I'd have people come to the place and they loved it. Right. (laughs) But the travel there just kind of sucked. It was a little place that worked out great. And so Hawk had come up for a seminar. Just a minute. Footnote on Hibernia. Still stuff of legend. Um, several weeks ago in, uh, one of Jim's, uh, kickboxing, boxing classes, Mm -hmm. um, one of his students said, oh yes, I remember him from the Hibernia days. <laughs> that man is crazy. <laughs> that man is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, please. Yeah, that was just so what the Hibernia ended up being, let me go back to that real quick, is it ended up being a real fight club. So there was maybe 10 or 20 of us tops, and we pretty much went there and beat the shit out of each other. Whether it be stick fighting, rock, I mean, it was no holds barred kind of a fighting thing, and it was a lot of fun, but it wasn't for everybody. It was never going to be commercial. Um, but anyway, Hawk was in here doing a seminar, and he goes, Jim, and I said, yes. 
And and then he goes, would you like to do a DVD? You know, a DVD. And I'm like, me? Do a DVD? I'm, I'm certainly not pretty enough, and I'm certainly not smart enough to do a DVD. And he goes, well, you know, think about it. We could do this kind of blah, blah, blah. So then I said, okay, let me think about it. And I almost walked away from it, meaning... I was so self-conscious of like, am I good enough? Because you pretty much when you go out and do something like that, it's kind of like getting naked on stage and presenting yourself to the world. This is me, world. Look at, look at me. And I actually had to stew on it for a little bit of time. And then I said, yeah, let's do it. Then I flew down to Dallas, Texas, and we did our first DVD uh, on uh, ground fighting, which is a street grappling application. So, And it ended up selling tons and tons and tons of DVDs. Fast forward uh, a little bit of time. People had um, uh, would say, hey, you know, I'm interested in having you out. I'd go out and do seminars, so on and so forth. Ten years later, I've done 300 seminars around the world, and now I'm friends with Tom McGrath doing a radio show on Hamilton Radio. See, so at that moment, <laughs> I mean, I've lived the dream. You know, if I die now, I'll die a happy man. And so that's kind of how it happened. So that's how Hawk's been a huge influence on my uh, on my life in, in many ways. I've been a great, great friend. But anyway, I've blown enough smoke up Hawk's ass. So uh, the next guy, <laughs> Emmanuel Ezekiel. Yes. Yeah, so so um, Emmanuel is uh, – so, so I've got a, a side interest into property, and I've, I've refurbished a few properties. My friend and I rent out a couple of properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this guy's trained with all the big names in self-improvement. And I think there's a kind of quite a big link between self-improvement and the martial arts. Um, I've, I've certainly found a lot of people who train – you know, there's something about martial arts where you say, look, I'm an, I have a desire to make myself better. Right. Um, whether you've got a fight to aim for, et cetera, et cetera, you're saying, I, I want to be better than I was the day before. And I think that is something that people um, can translate into a business world as well or vice versa. So if you're successful in business, I think you can transfer a bit of that mindset into into martial arts. Anyway, th- this guy's a, a, a kind of multimillionaire um, and uh, uh, through through property. And he, he's trained with all these people like Tony Robbins and um, T. Harvecker and, and, and people like that. I know I know you read some of these guys' stuff oh, yeah, as well, yeah. Jim. Um, he does every, every year to stay in shape. He's about 55. Every year to stay in shape, he goes over to uh, Thailand, does about a month or two worth of Muay Thai training. Wow, yeah. So I think that's the sort of martial arts link. But um, he's, he's just a really interesting guy. And, and I, I think as much as we can have all these martial arts superstars on, I think your average Joe story of how they got into martial arts, sure. how much they love it, I think is a worthwhile story. Absolutely. Or well, ne- not so average Joe in this right. case. The next guy's Jeremy Lynch. Again, he's a Wednesday night group under Tim Tack. and been there. Geez. I think Jeremy's story, first of all, he's a part of the Chinatown JKD as well. There's a whole video series, a DVD series of video, good Lord. And you can get it online uh, under Chinatown. Jeremy um, moved out to Redlands, California, to specifically train with Tim Tackett, which That's is right. right from wherever he lived. And uh, so and, Virginia and, was it Virginia? And That's then, right. And yeah, then he yeah. moved out there and trained there. So he was. Uh, uh, he's got some interesting stories with Bob Bremer. And those who don't know who Bob Bremer, Bob Bremer was an original. Student of Bruce Lee, he uh, passed away, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. I was fortunate enough to know him for probably 10 years, and uh, he spent a lot of time with Bruce uh, privately. And, and so Jeremy got, and both Dan, Dennis Blue got to spend a lot of time with Bob. And uh, so there's some, you know, just 
great knowledge that was passed to Jeremy. So he'll be a wealth of knowledge. Johnny Mac. So, so uh, Johnny's a good friend of mine. Jo- Johnny is a student at our JKD class. Gotcha. Um, he he's an Irish fella with loads of personality. He knows a lot of celebrities over here purely yeah. because he's just one of these people who who's a larger than life character. Um, he. He used to tell me these stories of what happened in his bar. So I thought he was like a manager of a bar or something like that. And it turns out he owns several bars and they're very successful. And each one's got a slightly different theme. Um, They're all very Irish. His wife's from Thailand. Um, He goes over there to do a bit of of Muay Thai as well. Uh Um, So so the food's generally Thai and the the booze is Irish. Um, (laughs) And I just think he'd be really entertaining to get him on here. Um, Sure. So, so, uh, yeah. Johnny Mac. Ma- Johnny Mac. Have I met Johnny Mac? I thought I may have run into You him. have. Yeah, he was in Dundalk. Um, yeah, you, you, you oh, met him in yes. July. Yeah, not that I'm such a – yeah, but I do meet a lot of people, and sometimes I do remember Johnny now. Yes, I did. He's a big character. Uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Of course, uh, there's John Potenza who uh, – and it would be Joel Bain too. Now, John Potenza was the uh, one of the heads of Snake Pit USA, and now he's starting up his own catch wrestling association in out of Arizona. Uh, he owns uh, Modern Martial Arts in uh, New Jersey as well. And John uh, is a wealth of knowledge in grappling, entertaining guy, does a lot of neat stuff. I know you went out there with Dieter to visit him. John will definitely get on the show. Joseph Bonsell, another police detective in, uh, here in uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Joe, uh, again, a lot of great real-world stories, and, and uh, he's been a student and a friend for, geez, I don't know, maybe five years with us. Kwaklin Wan. You want to touch on Quaklin? I was just going to say on on Joe, he was yeah. um, he was on a SWAT team and he yeah. was the, the door the door guy. He was the one who'd kick in the in the door. <laughs> we lost Tom somehow. Oh, no. oh dear. Moving on to uh, so so I, I might have lost you there, guys. That's all right. That's all right. Um, Technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, a long way over. So the pond. Joe used um, to kick in the door. Joe's a big dude. It's like six five, right? Three hundred pounds. I thought he might even be seven foot. I mean, he, he towers the, over me, and I'm yeah. not sure. Well, look, right, he, t- he might be seven. No, he's not seven foot. He's not fucking Andre the Giant, you know. Uh, all right, so Quaklin Juan. How do you know Quaklin? Oh, we lost Tom again. Oh no, Esther. Um, he, uh, he's now setting up his own kind of cookery um, business up there. So he's, he's a, um, entrepreneur. Um, I think he'd have a lot of stories in, in, from the martial arts world and be be worth getting on. He's quite entertaining as well. No, another guy, Locke Loy, and I think Uh, would be a very interesting guest. I've known Locke for a lot of years, a talented JKD guy, and he does a lot of, (sighs) what would you call it? Not mental not mental martial arts, <laughs> but um, so, so he does JKD and he describes sure. it as sort of the two sides of the coin. So you've got the, the physical side and the mental side. And yeah. what he says is most most um, people don't put enough emphasis on the mental side. So he he likes to play on Bruce Lee's philosophy yeah. and sort of develop that into a sort of self-improvement um, yeah. in, in, into that sort of self-improvement world. Yeah. No, right, and I, I've seen some of his stuff, so it looks pretty good. Now, this, I don't know how to pronounce Larry's last name. Larry Ekandios. He, he's a, um, 
British Nigerian professional boxer. Okay. Um, that I, was I, well tra- executed. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Did you how did you practice that for a while? I just I've just known the He's known the guy for a while. He, he he won prize fighter over here, which is a, a kind of big amateur tournament. Um, He's got a couple of belts, um, African belts. He, he, he's kind of slightly struggled to make it. Um, and he, he's, he's a touch old now. He's probably like 36 um, oh, in the geez. professional game. Which, and and the, the, the issue here is because he, he's Nigerian, but he wants to fight, you know, in all the Brit, in the British tournaments. It, it, it's he doesn't get uh, he hasn't maybe got progressed in the way he, he probably sure. should have done. But he's right. he's a real natural talent. And I think he'd be be quite, uh, quite good. Right. How about uh, Matthew Ahmet? So, so I, I don't know Matthew that well, but I, um, Gotlin Wan used to host. There he is. Mm. Mm-mm. Come on, there. Come on, there. So he's on NEC, um, and he is the one, the, the only non-Chinese person to ever tour with the Shaolin monks. Um, he went over to China when he was like 15, 16, and um, he, he's, uh, you know, he, 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 he's the only guy to have done that. I mean, it, 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 his skill level's masterful, and he's, he's, taught, he's taught and brought Shaolin skills to a lot of uh, uh, UK kids, and some of these kids hold world records for all sorts of skills. Yeah, yeah. And then we have, well, Mike Austin is a buddy of mine, and, and you have met. He was a former police officer, runs a, uh, a company that, uh, for rape prevention and self-defense and, and supplies a lot of uh, people with self-defense weapons and so on and so forth. Really fascinating guy. I had him on the show in the past, full of information. We talked about Pat O'Malley, right? So we'll get Pat on. You just have to, you have to make the contact with these guys. Our boy Patrick Cunningham was a JKD guy, uh, a gym owner here in the States. Of course, the legendary Tim Tackett, the head of the Wednesday night group, uh, first-generation Bruce Lee student. Tim is fascinating, uh, as can be. He's uh, I've known Chief Tim for a long, long, long time and uh, has really knows the ins and outs of the Jeet Kune Do. He's trained with a lot of the original JKD guys and has a real insight of what works, and he's not necessarily going to do it one way or the other way. There's a nice – he's got a great approach to it. He's uh, a former school teacher. He's retired now from that and actually officially retired from traveling and doing seminars. I think I had him at my, my gym 10 years straight in a row. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we did, the, he did, didn't he just do his last camp in, uh, uh, geez, Italy recently. Did we lose? Uh, Vince is over there all the time. Yeah. Uh, Vince is with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. T- I mean, t- yeah, Tim, Tim's an absolute legend. He, he, he's clear to, he, he likes to make it clear that he's not a hundred percent retired. He's still uh, <laughs> he's teaching a bit out of the garage. Right. I, I think he's working on yet another book. Um, so, so he, he's still a busy man, but he, yeah. he, he, he's, I guess, handing over the reins a little bit to, to, uh, three of his most senior instructors. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but you know, he would definitely, and, and of course, Vincent Ramani, who's one of the top guys who've been with him and the top Taekwondo and JKD guy here in the U S and was, I believe a prof- uh, pro- professional soccer player at one time from, um, Back Boca in, Juniors in Argentina, yeah, which is a know. truly massive side. I mean, it's impressive stuff. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I mean, they're they're one of the biggest sides in the world. I mean, that, that's who like 
Maradona probably turned out for them. I'm pretty sure he did oh. that or River Plate. There's only like two big sides there. Oh, okay. No, I, I didn't. I don't follow that that stuff. But anyway, so that's a potential list of some upcoming guys. We'll uh, announce it on the Facebook and on the website and stuff for the people coming up. We'll have someone for as far as next week and so on and so forth. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, right? I want to stick with it. Well, I'm trying to clear my my throat here. The, now, did you hear uh, over there by any chance? That George Foreman challenged Steven Seagal to a fight. Did you hear about this, Tom? Via Twitter, no less. Via what? <clears throat> Twitter. Oh, so what did he say on Twitter? Do you know? Oh, no, I don't remember. I just remember thinking, that, That's oh, how great. he did it. Yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah. did you hear about this? I didn't. No, fill me in. I'm well, excited. Uh, how can I get tickets? Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I don't know if there was something that Steven Seagal had said that kind of pissed off George. Oh, I thought that there was something. In fact, sorry to interrupt, but I think there was I'm something sorry. about... Um, Seagal speaking out about um, football players getting on their knees um, during, you know. Um, and, but that set off George stuff. Foreman to fight him? Well, George Foreman probably was just looking for an opening for performance. But, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, sell I, a few more grills. Well, look, that's where he made his money, man. Hey, those things are reliable. They are. And create things that are delicious. They do. Right? <laughs> yeah, but no one likes dealing with that fat that comes out of the bottom or cleaning them. <laughs> well, <laughs> if they could fix that, then I'd buy one. Well, you know, it's pretty tasty, that fat that comes out of the bottom. You drink it, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, who knows? Well, so he called out Steven Seagal for whatever reason, and, and he even – said he was interested in Mayweather promoting it. it it'll never happen. So, um, George Foreman, here's what he said. I, he's challenged Steven Seagal to an open rules, hand-to-hand brawl in Las Vegas. I'll use boxing. He can use whatever. Ten rounds in Vegas. The former two-time heavyweight boxing champion wrote, attaching a photo of Seagal, it is my jab that still works. Mayweather Promotions gets the first crack at the pay-per-view, he added. And, uh, you yeah, all because of the... McGregor Mayweather stuff. No one cares. It's not going to happen on any level. Uh, George is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> if he hit anybody, they'd probably break. But I didn't know if that hurt. It kind of just made a little buzz. There was really nothing to it. You're not a fan of Seagal then? No. Well, you hear the inter- my inter- I was going to pull out the top 10 martial art movies of all time. Um, but Seagal, who I think is a... No, we're br- doing another quiz, are we? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> we were. But Seagal is a brilliant... Martial arts. I mean, if you look at footage of his in Aikido, he just did some great things. When when he came out in his original movies, you know, in the in the uh, was it the eighties? I guess that first came out. Um, They're brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, how he would just join like these guys, throw them all over the place. You know, before that, yeah, of course, you had Chuck Norris and and Van Damme was kind of making headways, and and then uh, he just kind of. Reinvented the acting was okay. The, the storyline was fine. You know, he then what he happened. He started to believe he could act, and then he started, you know, having a message and started to believe his own stuff. And I think it just kind of fell apart from there. Um, he's certainly still a talented guy with that stuff, you know. Uh, but he kind of lost his way because now he still makes movies. I think they go straight to Netflix or right to DVD or something. No one, no one cares. Yeah. So, so cares. You know, I know he was getting flagged too about. He gets he trains with Anderson Silva and Silva is a true martial artist. This guy's a real student has trained with Inosanto and other people. And Seagal, you know, had claimed to teach him some things that Silva used in the ring. And of course the MMA community is up in arms and say, nah, that's not true. I mean, who knows? Uh but uh who knows? I've, I've I've seen so I've seen a video of Seagal, you know, in, in his black I don't know, the, the black 
gi rather than the white gi. I don't know yeah. if that makes him super cool or something. But I don't he, know. he was yeah. doing all sorts of wrist locks and they, they, they right. were relatively impressive. Oh, they're um, really impressive. Now, the reality, too, is that when you're doing like those guys who he's throwing around, those guys are black belts or black sashes and they're super talented guys and they know how to fall and go the right direction. If you really do a joint lock on someone in real life, which I have done on multiple occasions, I guarantee they don't fly through the air. Usually they stand there and scream ah, as you, you take them to the ground. They don't know to go fly. They don't know to go with it. So, but, but that's showmanship, and that's like what a Jackie Chan or like Bruce Lee's Jake he had changed for the movies. It wasn't you know, him doing what really works. We know what really works isn't that exciting on film, so you have to, of course, use your artistic, you know, yeah, I, th- I think the movie, some of the stuff's really gone up a few levels. I mean, I, I like Under Siege. That was a good film. Yeah. If you go back to the Bruce Lee films, I mean, he, he moves incredibly well, but, it, you know, it looks it looks dated. Um, oh, no doubt. Yeah. And, and and then you've got these sort of like, you know, the Bourne films I thought were pretty good. And, and, and we all love John Wick, right? That, but um, there's certain skills now, and you see the sort of knee-breaking joint breaking stuff and it, yeah. they, they can bring that to life quite well these days i think Seagal's probably a bit out of date in that right that yeah no doubt no, but anyway but so hey something i want to talk to you about now have you heard i imagine you have but i don't know what your take is on it over there the shooting in vegas yeah so, I, 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 i'm interested to know your sort of um your your view on it i mean i i've been to that wet republic over there had a great time obviously um mm. and the thought of you know someone being able to just pop open a window and 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 fire that many rounds you know it's 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 absolutely crazy i mean what what's what's the feeling like over there we're hearing like noises about gun control you yeah, know yeah. bump stocks yeah. getting banned and stuff like that what what what's the feeling over there at the moment yeah, do you want to say something? Uh, no, I'm going to wait to contradict oh. you. So <laughs> well, here's so here's. Let the... me. I'll tell you how you're wrong in a moment. Uh, how I'm wrong in a moment? No way. Can't be. <laughs> Never. Um. So this guy, I'll talk, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's news all over. Obviously, Massive. shot killed what 59 people. I don't know what is that the number. 59 people. 59 people were killed and over 500 been injured. Um, he shot his. Uh, semi-automatic weapon outside of the window, you know, bust out a window and like they're supposedly the 32nd floor and shot all these people and they were just thing. And one of the issues here, so of course you have all the political people getting posh, whatever it is, for guns, against guns, you got to get rid of this, got to get rid of that. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing with like slaughtering all the elementary school kids and Sandy Hook, that was a big deal. People got up in arms about Correct. that, I guess, you know, of course, no, and yeah, yeah, no yeah. one said they should. No, I, yeah. exactly. However, right. please go ahead. Though. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a raging, uh, <laughs> liberal, but, but not, a, <laughs> but not, but not of the worst kind, You're not the but, worst but I'm just, I'm just saying that this is, I'm, this is what we're leading up to here. Tom, no, just, no, just no, give you you know, no, just but, you know. But would you, <laughs> Which is look, it's it, it whatever wherever it's going to flesh out, it's going to flesh. Out. I'm not sure any one solution will work. It. I think both sides jump to the conclusions on both ends of the spectrum and say, "Hey, this must be done. If it wasn't for this, this wouldn't happen," which is just not the case. But in the UK, do you just kind of shake your heads and say, "Geez, you know these Americans, why, why can't they get it right? What is going well, on what's over r- there? What's right? There, well, there's most a big, don't there's have a big element of that. Of yeah. I mean, I, most... I think a... go, go please on. go ahead. No, no, no. I think a lot of people do look at it and think like, well, you know, you 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 bring this on yourselves with the rules that you've got, and it's it, you know, yeah. it's, it's just a ticking time bomb. These things are going to happen every so often, 
um, almost like clockwork and, and, and potentially, right. Uh, I mean, fortunately, none, none of them have been quite as bad as this. I mean, this guy could have like literally put a blindfold on and, and still, you know, not, not even aimed and still hit and killed hundreds of people because right. it, it, you know, that there, there's that many people packed in. Right. You, you, you don't need to aim. <clears throat> I mean, I guess, I have been following it over here, but I don't know that much about if they they talk much about motive and stuff like that. Over no, there. because no one knows, right. and that's what's left up to a lot of interpretation. Because he doesn't fit the narrative of anybody. Um, he's a sixty-four-year-old white male, relatively out of shape, and was well off. Um, there's some noise out there that he was uh, radicalized recently to uh, ISIS and stuff. I don't know if that's all BS, probably. I saw, I saw ISIS claimed responsibility. Right, and there was another I think that, they'll claim responsibility for anything. Sure. If you get hit by the bus, they'll go, yeah, that's that was our right. bus driver. And then there was Antifa, which is an anarchist kind of a group that uh, supposedly there was uh, stuff, of, uh, pamphlets and writings and stuff for him in his, in his, um, in his hotel room. So there's, a, you know, nobody really knows. He doesn't fit the motive. He never stood out before. So there's a lot of issues with that. Uh, of course, the conspiracy theorists, and there is I've a seen that, yeah. right, and there's a lot of unanswered questions. And I, I've done a show, and I was talking to uh, the, the, our doc, radio doc here, in regards to this because we've done a show on conspiracy theories, and it's quite fascinating because there's so many unanswered questions, and it can go in so many different directions um, of how this actually happened. Um, for example, I'll give, give you a couple of different things that and. Doc, please. I'm, I'm here. I'm he's ready. here. Whatever, he's whatever here. You're ready. I'm, I'm biting my tongue. He's biting his tongue. I knew he was going because I don't want to really hit on the gun control stuff because, uh, uh, listen, it doesn't. It does. That's not what we're, you know. It, no, no, no. It, but it can be. And I get that. But, you know, we're not a political. No, no, I, no, no we're not. All I just have to say is oh, don't boy. you find it funny. Okay. Yes. Come on. Just, yeah. just. Just you wait. I'm waiting. Don't don't you think that it's kind of funny that Americans are more interested in their right to carry a gun than they are in their uh, freedom of speech? First Amendment? Fourth Amendment. You know. it's, it, it, Do people the, laugh the, about that? I just want to know if we're the laughing stock for that reason. No, we, I mean, okay. we, we find that side of things quite interesting. So, so we don't have a constitution in, in the UK. And there's been there's been talk of, I think, creating a European constitution. Obviously, we're now going ahead. You left the union. Yeah. Good for you. Well, <laughs> as the joke goes, oh, my God, the U.K. just did the most politically irresponsible thing imaginable. That's America, a- hold my drink. <laughs> but, uh, it, 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 it's By the way, for my U.K. fans, I think it was great. <laughs> misguided sometimes. No. Wise, but misguided. Wise, Jim but McCann. Mis- yeah, Please well. continue. Sorry. I, just- I, I think I think <laughs> it's interesting that, um, you know, th- these these this constitution that's written down, it, it's it's it, it's. It's at the point, it sometimes seems like it can't be challenged, it can't be changed. You know, things, we've had laws, for example, you know, um, until very recently, it was, you know, not allowed, you weren't allowed to be gay in this country, for example. They Um, weren't. What'd they do? A a few hundred years ago, you had, like, slavery was legal and stuff like that. So so, so things change. Now, the, the, the right to bear arms, I think, obviously had a, given the way your country was founded, is is was very fundamental to stop you know um right. to to keep your politicians in check and that's that's generally one right. of the arguments i'll always hear when i'm when i'm talking to americans right um 
that that maybe is a little bit outdated. You know, the, the, the king of England is not going to show up on your front doorstep and you, you won't have to blow him away with your AR-15. Because you have so. a queen. <laughs> <laughs> At this rate, Charles is never going to be king. <laughs> no, I don't think he's even interested. He's, really. Oh, dude, he's he's like his mother's age now. He's he's done. <laughs> it's past. He kept that from him forever. I don't know what the deal well, is. You guys but... had some great Charles's in the 17th century, so you know, yeah, I don't think he could. And the Alana knows about all, <laughs> the, yeah. all that stuff. But anyway, enough of that. Who gives a shit? Um, <clears throat> please continue. Please continue. I am trying to get. So here's some yeah. things that were interesting. Um, with the Vegas shoot, and then we're going to bring in the conspiracy stuff, and Doc's going to talk I'm about gonna, this. I'm going to add to these. I know. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. One is because they, they found as, as many as ten rifles in his ho- hotel room. I've seen the photos of that. Right. Yeah. Right. For for one shooter, which is like, why would he have ten rifles? I mean, you're going to fire that one rifle out the window or whatever it is you're shooting, and you can reload that one. It seems very odd that you would have multiple weapons in there. That many. Maybe you'd have a handgun. But I, it, I heard he had forty. 41 well, that's what they've that's what's coming it out could today. be i mean things are changing on the mini here uh as uh, it was certainly an orchestrated shooting this is well thought out you know this guy had many planes. he had cameras you know throughout the hotel and th- you know this was planned over time uh there was no why were there no muzzle flashes uh visible from the 32nd floor and i did see video of this and you could see the muzzle flashes coming out of the fourth floor or around the fourth floor very odd why you know and it was clear and uh so there were some there were some inconsistencies with that um uh, uh and, and and there were several people throughout who were being interviewed and the thing we're talking about they just like at JFK you know they heard shooting over here and shooting was here of course in the chaos of the of the uh of the guns being fired you know he, your senses are all over the place so that can be misconstrued but there was Many issues with that and come from different angles with, and different sanity. If you listen to audio, there's different sounds of different weapons being fired, not the same caliber. Now, the average person may not, I'm not the, you may not know that, but you can hear the difference in the in, in the guns being fired. Yeah. Um, yeah ISIS great. obviously claimed responsibility for it. Who knows? They'll claim, as you said, responsibility to, uh, to anything. Uh, the guy... Uh, Stephen Paddock, who, like I said, doesn't fit the narrative, also apparently had no weapons training, no military training, and uh, was not a gun guy. Is this guy just being used as a patsy, much like uh, Oswald? You know, was yeah. was a guy just in the wrong spot at the wrong time? Was he being set up? Uh, he was gambling a lot when he was there. He's been like ten grand a day. Apparently, the reports, and these are all reports. I'm not sure any of this is. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, uh, qualified, quantified. They saw that they say, "Hey, this actually did happen or not?" These are just stories. Um, it's anecdotal at this point. Thank you, good lord! I was struggling with that word. Um, he <laughs> fired this weapon for ten, nearly. T- it was between nine and eleven minutes, and to fire this kind of weapon uh, is extraordinary for a top, you know, top line Navy SEAL or a Ranger, let alone a sixty-four-year-old man who's out of shape and has zero gun experience. It was probably an impossibility for him to do. Um, so these are, you know, many of the inconsistencies, uh, the, the, how did it, uh, the reports are all over the place. G- Doc, did you want to add some, some stuff? Yeah. First of all, the, the, it was an hour before they got into the room, uh, supposedly, and it was two windows, two windows in the room and they were both in opposite sides of the, the room. One was like way over here on right. the left and one was way over here on the right, which wasn't a possibility for him to shoot out of both. Um, and again, I'm not here to. 
I'm just here to give the facts. And these are facts. You can look them up. You right. can see them. Mm. Um, the one thing that you mentioned about, the, you know, the, the firearms, um, to, to smuggle that many firearms in a motel right. at that level. Because you got to remember, this is one of the most secured hotels in Vegas. It is. It has security cameras everywhere. Everywhere. Why aren't we seeing the hallways? Right. Why aren't we seeing any of them? So there's a lot of... Right. The footage from the hotel. Yeah, they're showing that. The, no, but they haven't shown any of the actual footage. No, they, no they're showing just the room. Just the room, yeah. Just and that picture, was, picture, not video. Picture, right. There, but there's a lot yeah. of video of him going in. How many, right, how many times would he have had to have gone in and out of that hotel with filled suitcases over a period of time to have 500 pounds? In? I mean, a lot of stuff has had to have happened in, in this meticulous planning. And like I said, does, he just doesn't fit the MO in any, in any way. Tom, have you heard these? Yeah, I, I saw today, um, I think it was Aaron Groves, who's, who's um, on JKD guys from down in Georgia. Yeah. Um, he, he shared the pictures, of, um, I think the ones that are widely circulated, so, so weapons around the apartment, the guy having you know shot himself in the head, and uh, uh, some, some weapons seemingly on standby as if they hadn't been used as well. But um, yeah, I, I, and, and then obviously I've, we've all seen the sort of... Um, I guess diagnostic style drawings to say, you know, there's this window on this side and and, and this trajectory down to the to to where the um where the music event was. He must have really hated country music, that's for sure. <laughs> well, maybe, right? Yeah, maybe yeah, there was another thing that that, that your house cleaning rooms. None of these people saw anything out of the ordinary with this guy. And there's actually I'm looking online. There's a picture of 22 rifles, and you know that. Laid out, that's a lot. Uh, not that he, if he attend, whatever, that takes up a lot of foot space. <laughs> Just laying them out or hanging them. And plus, knowing that the ammo, where, where results, all, all this put. I, I don't know what the answer is to all this, um, but it is certainly strange. And, it, you know, you know, these things going to continue to go. I don't know. Quick poll here. Yes. Um, I mean, the idea of the conspiracy theory is, is always really, really um, appealing, magnetic. Um, but I just want to know, what about this in particular um, do you find, in, in, in conspiracy theories in general, um, do you find um, compelling, I suppose? Oh, you want me, oh, you want yeah. me to answer? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I want all of Oh, he's, no, 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 he's no. waiting. Please. I'll be, I can, yeah, I'm, please. I'll breath. I know, that's, that's actually what I wanted to. Conspiracy wanted. theories is basically just what a person sees as another side. Right. In other words, it, I see it as fact. I don't see it as a theory, and I don't see it as a conspiracy. I see it just what I see it as. Mm -hmm. So that, that's my answer to that. But what you're saying is if other people believe in that, that's up to them. No, they what, fall into that line of conspiracy theorists. No, what I'm interested in is what is it about conspiracy theories in general? Because we've been talking about this. and Well, you're always and, looking and, for and, the truth. Well, you're always looking for the truth. And so, and so that's what I was exactly going to – so it's, it's one of it. We're gives, doing the same thing. Were you doing the yeah, same yeah, thing? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just – oh, no, absolutely. But I just think it's kind of interesting to see um, what space these kinds of inconsistencies give for, for – Because um, there's so many of them. Exactly, exactly. And it, yeah. a lot of it, like me and Jim were talking about, and Tom, right. is common sense. I mean, if you just put common sense, it's like this doesn't add up. I mean, you get that gut instinct. You know, I was an automotive technician for, for 25 years with the New Jersey State Police. I talked to all detectives, and I did investigations in arson um, when we had fire problems in cars. So you've got to look for things. Mm -hmm. 
And when you look for the things and they're there, it's like, wow, why is that here? That has nothing to do. And then it just takes you down another road. And then, unfortunately, wherever that road takes you to is something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just like keeps getting on that path. And then you start thinking, well, wait a minute. Maybe this narrative that the media, media says. Now, here's the thing I'll tell you about, too. When I was in FM radio locally and we did news, the news, however, came through the AP wire, right? Right. You, you know about this, Tom. And then what happens is everybody alters the news. Mm-hmm. Everybody changes it. Of course. But when it comes through as it is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you don't change it. So if everybody's saying the same thing, mm-hmm. now that everybody believes that narrative is what's right. going on. Right. So that's, that's the kind of problem I have with conspiracy theorists. And that's probably the same problem you have. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm just actually the reason. If I can prove yeah. fact, the theory is no longer a theory, right? Right, right. And if you can prove that I'm wrong, I'd be yeah. glad to. I, I hope I'm oh, wrong. Oh, no. I mean, I'm asking. You know, I want to be wrong. I'm, uh, honestly, I'm just asking because historically what maps on to upsurges and oh. in interesting conspiracy theory stuff. And I'm just giving you this yeah. historical no, perspective. Fine. Fine. Is is, And I'm not. I, I'm, I'm actually taking no position whatsoever on this particular one and not trivializing it in no, any way fine. either. What, what I'm saying is that historically, usually there's an uptick in really, really um, – compelling conspiracy theories in moments of great you know world or you know geopolitical unrest um there are lots of uh tom i bet you've heard some well maybe uh conspiracy theories about say queen elizabeth and her love children <laughs> or um you know lamford simmel who was the uh who claimed to be the uh son of richard the third and tried to uh take over from the tudors and get the yorks back in the throne um, I, I know about all of those. Yes, I know <laughs> you do. No, I don't. I don't. Alana, I think we need to create a new rule where you just assume that I don't know anything and then you, you oh, tell well, me I've assumed that for years, I give you my Tom. opinion on it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm I just could have saying, told you that. I'm just saying that there's, there's this kind of need and this pressure and there's, there's something really not only – when I say compelling, I mean also um, – there's a need for it. There's uh, there's well, there's drive to to, right. ex- to try to ex- grasp the inexplicable because perhaps nothing else is making sense. Well, there's either. been and you can isolate it right. for a moment. I'm just curious if that's for years thing. and with uh, and these uh, Ruben has joined us so I can uh, expound upon that. Is that the, uh, wait wait with the, the, like the new world order and stuff? A lot of the theories that you know the separation the the, the Federal mm-hmm. Reserve. And how what's essentially going on is these are orchestrated uh, by this elite, whatever it was, group of people throughout history and, and uh, to eventually rule the world. That's, <clears throat> pardon me, that's the bottom line. Whatever is one of the ways to divide and conquer through mm-hmm. the races, through uh, economics and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of paths when you follow the, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but when you look at these paths, you can see these dots that may or may not be able to connect and go, wow, I get it. And there's a ton of documentaries on it, a ton of reading on it. It's into what you want to believe. Of course, they cannot really be proven, but they certainly looks that way. And the more I've read it, the more I go, my God, that's just, how did this happen? You know, what was it was 9-11 orchestrated, right? Mm-hmm. It was the JFK. When we did our show last time, the top 10 conspiracy theories, Right. One was number one. Was it nine eleven or was it J? Right. No. JFK was like number two. A princess died. Was she murdered him for whatever reason? Right. And it went over there. And then what I learned about on that show, which An I never. An Arabic teacher who believed firmly that it was a conspiracy against Arabs. When what I was, was that? Uh, the the princess died. Princess died. Uh, well, could yeah, have yeah, been. No, no. I mean, sure. Arabic language. Right. Yeah. And then um, 
what I was never le- heard about, I bet you neither one of you mm-hmm. guys, have, I know my friends, Doc and Ruben, heard about it, was the old Negro space program. <laughs> right? Do you ever hear about that? No. The answer is no. You can- Actually, I, I, I've heard anecdotes in training, but usually the, that's, that's between right. and cruel, the, cruel Right, which was brilliant. I never heard that before. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Wrangle, not Wrangle, um, Monk brought that up. He was on our show at, at the time. And it was like, wow, and there's all these things. You go look this stuff up and you go, my goodness, there's just not really answers for it. And and, and maybe it lends into what, well, what irrefuti- Alana was saying. No, but. irrefutability gives kind of a field for, you know, limitless possibility. So, so, so right. So, Doctor, so do you think this incident on whatever level was orchestrated by somebody? We're waiting for oh. you guys. We're on oh, radio. Oh, you got to talk. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a, a couple of true fact questions, but I'll, I'll time on that. Yeah. Right away. Um, if you look at uh, the all the scenarios around it, I, one the guy was a multimillionaire. Yeah, he was well to do. Um, two, uh, they didn't consider it a terrorist threat, which I thought was um, was a little surreal thing to say because mm-hmm. anybody else that does an attack, they call it a terrorist attack. Even if it's just five people, this guy injured five hundred and killed mm-hmm. fifty eight. Fifty nine now. Oh, fifty nine now. Yep, yeah, fifty nine. And Might be more now. No, Whatever exactly. anybody says, it's still a terrorist threat. No doubt. Um, three, his brother said that he didn't own any handguns, but he had 10 assault rifles. Oh, <laughs> really? A couple of machine guns uh, that were already locked and loaded from the Oh, window. and that thing, yeah. Well, why would he have 10 locked and loaded yeah. guns? Guns, right. Very odd for one right. guy to have 10 ready to go. Exactly. And the fourth thing is... When you go to hotels, they don't check your luggage. Of course not. At the airport, so you no. can bring in anything in. Right. Um, the fifth fact was. Oh, oh yeah, they probably do the. Uh, um, they'll probably do the TSA scanning now of your of your luggage. Uh, when you go to a hotel. hotel. When you go to a hotel. You think they'll do that at the? Uh, probably only high rises. Maybe. High road. Yeah. yeah, I mean, are they going to do that at Red Roof Inn? <laughs> no. I, I or how about that. the hourly rate motels where they charge you for sheets? Well, they're probably going to charge price. <laughs> yeah. oh, we have to go through the scanner. The scanner again. Right. Yeah, I only want the room for an hour. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it. Right. Um, and the, the the fifth thing is when the guy built little ramps and everything in the hotel room. Oh, I didn't hear that. And. You would think that if he was there for a couple of days planning this out, nobody, none of the clean people. Right, no one notices. Nobody notices. I mean, yeah, you could hide things so no people will steal it. Or right. maybe put do not disturb on the door for a door. couple of days. Yeah. Oh, I know. I do that a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was there, was there five, five days. days. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Unless, you know, he put do not disturb for all week, but you, we don't know that part. We don't know. Not. Right, right. Yeah. So. And then there's the other thing. If he shut out the windows, nobody heard the windows being blasted out. Right. The glass falling. All those people around. Nobody right, it would take that. a hell of a blast. Those windows are very thick and very. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could probably run and jump into it, and you're not going to go flying out the window. It's exactly. not the movies. Yeah. So somebody, nobody next door heard. Because right. Don't get me wrong, you could hear things next door in the hotel room. Oh no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. <Really>? Right. How <laughs> yes, about what? <laughs> oh yeah, you can. Right. The, the, I, I'm going to keep it clean. The the, the, the fact that, that yeah. I'm scandalized. Okay, I'm scandalized. scandalized. Okay. Right. That 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 gun would have let off the fire alarms and and gone off with the amount of smoke and. Stuff right. going through that, so mm-hmm. it's exactly. a huge, it's a huge. Anyway, there's a lot of inconsistencies with that. Who knows what the answers will be right. at the end of the so day? So, those are things. Now, my other thing is uh, truth or fact thing. Yeah, truth or fact thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing is the um, and don't hit, don't hate me, London, on this one. But <laughs> I said, truth, truth or fact or false? Come on, Tom. Uh, okay. 
the War of 1812, uh, there's a theory that actually Britain won the war and the U.S. actually pays rest, uh, not, uh, restitution restitution back to London for over 100 years really? for the war because what happened in the War of 1812 was when one of the U.S. armies went up to, I think it was uh, Queenstown in Canada and for revenge on, on one of the cities in the U.S. and then one of the British ships went to Washington, D.C. and burned down because of the the battle that I think it happened in Queenstown in Canada. Yeah. And I don't ever since we, they said we actually lost that war, so we paid restitution back to the British. Tom, have you heard this shit? Uh, I haven't seen the money. Our record right. in war is. Are you getting enough. any sort of check? You know, like uh, the, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm a history buff. That's why I read this stuff. That's the truth or fact. Yeah. That's good stuff. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is that um, the, the British Empire is actually a monarch for over 200 years. So the what British, British the, uh, monarch is only a 200, a little over 200 years uh, of rule. So you got the question who owned it before. Now, the question that goes back to people that actually live in Wales or actually the true Britons. Well, yeah, we have. Um, By the way, um, happy anniversary for last week's show um, oh. of the uh, sorry, the, uh, oh, the the invasion, the Norm- Norman invasion. Oh, yeah. um, just oh, to yeah. let you know, just just. Uh, oh yeah, happy anniversary! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just uh, you know, a little belated, but oh yeah, you know. definitely. Thanks, Those guys. That was there. a big celebration for us. Over I here. know you love. Mm-hmm. I know. Do you I celebrate know. that, Tom? I know. No. <laughs> All right, and here's another truth or fact. Yeah. Uh, the the British family, the royal family, are actually have German roots. They're not really British. Tom, have you heard that's, this? That's true. Yeah, yeah. Really? How'd they get German? Well, I don't, let's not get that far down well, that real. Their last they, name they just, is a German. They just married in name. old school style. Yeah, old school. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, half German. Half they, German. They are right. actually lineage Victorian. England. Lineage Victory. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just have to say, like, when um, when the British, you know, see the Queen come and, you know, you bow to her and everything, are you bowing to a German or a British? Or a true British. Well, I even think about it. Yeah. That's why I said true fact I've or never false. I've never met the lady, so I've, I've never had the opportunity to bow. And <laughs> <laughs> would you bow or would you yeah. genuflect? I mean, exactly. you know, are you going to kneel? Well, I mean, really. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, and plus, details. you know, the same thing falls here in the U.S. too. There's a lot of things, misconceptions in history too, between um, the Civil War, how Abraham Lincoln really didn't want to free the slaves, <clears> actually. It was the last resort um, through the uh, Civil War. Through the uh, Revolutionary War, a lot of the uh, Native Americans here actually fought with the British because they felt that they fought with the British. They can claim the land back, the land back here in the, gotcha. in the U.S. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring up those uh, well, false yeah. <laughs> but thank you for uh, yeah. I'm a big well, history and conspiracy person. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Okay. I was just gonna say it, it, it's it yeah. there's a lot of relevance though bringing it back to um to Bruce Lee for example. Wow, that's a big loop. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. I'm just I'm talking <laughs> eight, first of all for several reasons. Yes. Um, first of all, um, a lot of uh, I think that a lot of kind of historical historical questions that arise are also kind of we, we kind of put a modern view on them. 
Like when when did Germany become Germany? When was it Bohemia? You know, all of that. You know, we got a lot right. of stuff going on there. Well, um, they were really Prussians before. Yeah, know. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, know, I, so, you know, I side with the who gives a shit uh, contingent. <laughs> <laughs> Creative and eloquent as always, Jim yes. McCann, my, I'm just my bringing mentor. It who, you know, I esteemed. But no, yeah. but what I was going to say also to, to, to go along, and it's not quite as far a cry, yeah. because the other thing I was going to say in, in a kind of neat transition. Please. Because, because Tom has been teaching me the art of this showmanship. Yeah. Um, Likewise. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Is that is that you know the discussion about boxing and last week boxing and scoring and all of that? And I just want to just quickly just quickly note the. Um, have you had any kind of uh, feedback on Canelo Triple G and uh, that controversial draw and the um, rematch and? Also, the fact that now, supposedly, Triple G is rated number one pound for pound, declared by Ring Magazine. Oh, that's interesting. So I was going to say no and then make a joke, but um, that, that is well, interesting the that they, they've, they've improved, that he's gone up in the rankings as oh, a result yes. of, despite losing a fight. Um, Draw. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah. he replaced uh, Andre, Andre Ward. Mm-hmm. What I'll do is I'll, I'll message Dr. Watson. Please. I'll get him to talk to the heads of all the boxing federations. That would be good, and and get a rematch on 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 the cards. All right, all right. Look, this show is yet another show about absolutely nothing. <laughs> hey, Job well done. But hey, we'll be back next week. We're going to be live every Saturday night, nine p.m. UK time and nine p.m. New York time every Saturday night. And you'll be able to catch us on the archives on HamiltonRadio.net. We will be on Channel 2 on HamiltonRadio.net. Next week, we'll announce within the next day, both Facebook and on the on the Internet, who our guests will be next week. And thanks, Alana. Thanks, Tom. We'll see you next week on Primal Radio. This is a take on giving. And love and nurturement. There will be no food fights, no water fights, no dog fights, although there will be surprises that come even unexpected by me. So sit back, get everything you need to get from the kitchen. Be sure and empty the bladders, go to the bathroom, because you're in for a hell of a ride. have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.